Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the third attempt at the Not So Wise Guys podcast due to technical difficulties. What are you talking about? This is totally the first time we're trying this. This is absolutely the first time that we are starting this podcast brought to you today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm Luke Kinney. And I'm William Sen. And we are here to bring you uh, about an hour of entertainment news. Yay. Gaming, movies, the fun stuff. Nerdiness. Yes. And so, uh, as I've, I've explained... <laughs> uh this is the first time we're recording this uh <laughs> obviously obviously uh today me and will decided that we were going to do something a little bit different <clears throat> uh we figured that we hadn't really done an about us episode of the podcast to kind of let the audience know let you guys know where we're coming from what our favorite movies and our favorite games are so we each came up with a top five list you gave me homework you bastard i did i gave you homework i'm <laughs> i gave the college kid homework everybody run you suck. <laughs> so uh, we we figured we'd start out the podcast uh, kind of going down our top five lists for favorite movies, favorite games, and then we'll kind of move on to some uh, movie news and some gaming news. Yay. So, uh, Will, do you want to start us off? We're going to start out with movies. Uh, number five, buddy. All right. Number five for me is actually Grandma's Boy. Um, Which I find interesting. I did not see that one coming. Yeah, it's a it's a really funny movie. Uh, it's about the video game industry. Shock, I know. <laughs> um, but it's a movie that my brother and I watched a lot before he went into the Marines, and um, I think it's one of the main reasons why he's going into video game creation now. Um, but yeah, it's always a really good movie, really pretty lighthearted, and it's just always good for a laugh. Especially with the elephant karate chopping monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do admit I've seen that movie quite a few times and it always does put a smile on my face. So I right. am right there with you on that. Um, for me, number five is a movie uh, based on a novel called A Scanner Darkly. Wow. Yeah. it's Never a, heard of that. It's a, it's a movie basically about drug addiction in California. Um, it's got Keanu Reeves and Robert Downey Jr. in it. Huh. And Winona Ryder, uh, weirdly enough. The cool thing about this film is that it's all uh, cel-shaded. Really? And so what they did was they filmed the movie and then went back and shaded in every individual frame for the whole thing. It is an wow. amazing-looking film. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's one of those movies that it, it's a real trip to watch and wrap your head around because like you can't, it, it has an issue discerning reality from you know the drug trip. But just for the cinematography alone... It is, it is absolutely worth watching. Huh. So We'll have to check that out sometime. Absolutely. A Scanner Darkly. A Scanner Darkly. Yes. All right. Well, moving on to number four. My number four is actually The Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Return of the King, not Two Towers. No. That's most um, people's choice. The Return of the King for me because uh, the throughout the entirety of Lord of the Rings, my favorite character was Aragorn. Okay. Yeah. Or Aragorn. Aragorn. Sorry. That's yeah, all good. Um. It's and only the it was, internet. Nobody's judging him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know. He was always my favorite character. I was kind of a good role model, I guess I could mm-hmm. say. You know, strong, willing to lead, willing to take on responsibilities, stuff like that. And in Return of the King, I thoroughly believe that we see him finally claiming his rightful title, taking on the title of king. And then, of course, coming in with an army of ghosts and yeah. toppling over a bunch of elephants. Deus Ex Machina ghosts. Oh, they are the best. <laughs> I, I, I I will agree that uh, I, I, can't, I can't choose a favorite film from all three of those movies. I think all three of them are just on such a high pedestal for me that 
I don't know. I, I, I asking me to choose between one of those movies is like asking me to choose between my favorite kids if I had kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is was what I'm assuming most parents would say. To be um, fair, um, Return of the King only wins by like a hair, only because of the ghosts. Absolutely. That the whole battle mm. is just great. Yeah, that's a great ending. Um, all right, so for my number four, I have Dark City. Dark City. That one I have heard but never seen. So uh, essentially, I'll try to I'll try to spoiler free it uh, as much as I can. But it's about a man who wakes up in a bathroom with no memory of who he is or you know what he's doing here, and he's basically framed for a murder. Hmm. Um, and essentially, it's him trying to f- figure out who he is, get his memory back, and. There's a really cool twist about halfway through the film, and it essentially, it, it questions a lot of if we're in control of our own destiny or not. Um, I, I, I would love to talk so much more about this movie, but you really have to see it to understand it. And as I've heard a rumor a couple of places that it's one of the movies that actually helped inspire the original Matrix movie. Really? Yeah. Huh. So if that kind of gives you any kind of reality of the reality <laughs> of the movie, pun intended... Uh, and yeah, definitely check it out. I think it's a early ninety or late eighties, early nineties film. So Dark City, definitely worth a watch if you like trippy psychological uh, psychological thriller. I would call it good to know. Yeah. All right, moving on to number three. Uh, again, going into a trilogy. Well, technically it's a series, but I like the original trilogy the best. Is Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back? Dude, that's a great movie. <laughs> it really is. I like it because it's... I like the story parts of Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and New Hope had some good action in it, but for me, Return of the Jedi... Or Empire Strikes Back is just the perfect combination between the two because it has some really intense scenes in it, and the story behind it, like, that's when we learn about the truth between vader and luke and all of this spoilers stuff. no i'm just kidding <laughs> that's why i didn't say that you know vader was luke's father oh, whoops, oh whoops. My bad. <laughs> um but yeah it's my favorite of the star wars movies um just because it just reveals so much about the universe of star wars and the relationship between all the characters absolutely and not to mention it's it has a great starting point and a great hook at the end to really it's going to make everybody want to come back and see the final installment of the series. Definitely. The the three Star Wars movies that were made. Only three movies. Dude, we can't deny the prequels. Uh, I've been sorry. trying most of my life to deny the prequels, Will. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how good that's going. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, number three for me is uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service. Oh, I love that movie. Which is a movie that, you know, it came out earlier this year, correct? Or it was either late last year or earlier this year. Yeah. But that movie came out of nowhere. And it was fantastic. It was amazing. It reminded me of old school James Bond. And as, as we'll see later in my list, I'm a huge fan of Bond movies. I love the old... I love everything from the old Sean Connery movies to the cheesier Roger Moore movies to the new ones. Like, I mean, and it just... It, like... Kingsman took every single aspect of that and it was very self-aware but the spin that they put on it was so perfect that I I don't know I couldn't get I I love that movie it's I'd have to say that my favorite part of that movie is when um not to give any spoilers but they activate the um 
Oh yeah, the, the the bombs and the <laughs> and then the music that they play with it, along with the cinematography, is just perfect. Oh, it's so I good. love it so much. That yeah. and the church scene. The church scene's badass. That was one shot, man. That was one shot. No editing, man. That was that blows me away. Yeah, and you know me, I'm such a sucker for good cinematography. And I think that that movie had humor, it had action, it had amazing cinematography. The kid who who the actor, the the main character, he blew it out of the water, man. I I yeah, never really great. I, I I know I've seen him before, but I can't remember anything. Dude, uh, blew me away. Samuel L. Jackson with his lisp. <laughs> that was great. Yes. He was a great character. That was very well done. So if it's one, it kind of passed everybody up in the theaters, but definitely check it out. Uh, it is it is worth a watch through. For sure. All right. Moving on to number two then. Number two. Number two is actually another Adam Sandler movie, but one of the old ones. <laughs> well, you're um, killing me here, buddy. You're ruining my credibility. <laughs> it's actually Little Nicky. Okay. Now, I know that it's not the greatest movie he's ever made, but I love it for, A, it's innocent humor. As a kid, I got, I didn't get all the adult jokes, but the jokes I did get had me, like, curled up in a ball of laughter i could not stop laughing at that movie and even if i watch it today i guarantee you'll get the same reaction um that and it was just i don't know what it was i can't remember i think it was like spike tv or something showed it every weekend and i would watch it every weekend for i think about a year and it was just great and well i guess we were, we were kind of more along the right age for that film yeah and older people were you yeah. know i mean it was it was kind of Kid is humor, and I, I can okay, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, don't right. get me wrong though, I like older Adam Sandler films, not the newer ones. Fair, fair. I still haven't seen Pixels. I won't do it. Me either. Probably. It. <laughs> uh, number two for me is Skyfall. Really, James Bond Skyfall. Um, a couple of things about this movie that I love. First of all, the cinematography and matches the tone very well. It's it's a very dark James Bond film. Very. Second, I still stand by that. I I truly believe that uh, Daniel Craig is the best Bond we've had since Sean Connery. I think he really captures that. He has that suaveness of of like old Sean Connery Bond. Like you know, he's a badass and he knows it. Yep. But he takes it to a different level. He's more emotional. Uh, and in this movie, you know, seeing kind of the the Skyfall Ranch and where he grew up and yeah, uh, it's I, I really can't explain it. And it, it's definitely a um a very biased opinion because yeah. I I'm just once again such a huge James Bond fan. I love every single one of those movies. Considering how many of the soundtrack records I have seen, you have <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can believe that. I went on a I went on a bender at our local record store and bought like half of the motion picture soundtracks on vinyl. So <laughs> if if it's any indication, I'm I'm a pretty huge Bond nerd. So I, I definitely have to put Skyfall on there. Uh, I seeing that movie in theater. I think I saw it four or five times. Like I wow. loved it. Wow. So all right, then moving on to number one. Okay. Number one. Really? Was that necessary? Absolutely. Fair enough. All right, Luke. Before I tell you this, I want you to take a guess at what my number one is. This is the one that I know is probably going to shock you most. All right. What do you think, audience? Will's number one favorite movie is it Enter the Dragon? No. Okay. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle. No. I'm guessing a bunch of movie of karate movies since I'll, you're Japanese. I'll give you one more guess. Okay. Am I am I in the ballpark? Nope. Not even close. Dang it. <laughs> uh, man. I don't know. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie, by the way. It is a good movie. 
But no, my number one movie is actually The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, God, Will. <laughs> it's a movie that I just love to death, and you could go to hell for that. <laughs> um, it's a movie that you I've... You tell. It's a movie that I've seen several times, and like every year I'll watch it multiple times, and every time I take away something different from it. But the one thing that I always get from it is... You can go try new things, but don't be stupid with it. And just understand that what you're good at is what you're good at. Don't try and change that. And not necessarily accept the fact, but embrace it. Just like, you know, Jack Skellington. He's the Pumpkin King, and he can't really change that. Uh, all right, everybody. We're going to have to have a real serious talk. After I after I do my number one, I'll, 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 I'll do my explaining about why I made that noise. I... I understand its cultural relevance, and I, I, I still respect you. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm very biased. I'll, I'll go ahead and do my number one, and then I'll give my little Tim Burton spiel. Uh, my number one movie of all time, uh, it's a movie I can watch over and over and over again. I, I've probably seen this movie a hundred plus times. I can still turn it on, laugh at every single joke. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, this is this is a movie once again that really passed up a lot of people. Number one, it helped restart Robert Downey Jr.'s career. It brought Val Kilmer back to the light. <laughs> like it's, I I really I really can't explain to you entirely why I love this movie so much. The humor is my kind of humor. I mean, just the the quick jokes, the witty comments. I mean. It's a very snappy movie. It's so snappy. It's so quick on its humor. Every single time I watch it, I pick up something new that I miss. Like the one where he's standing by the pool trying to pick up the chick. Yeah, I invented dice when I was a kid. Like just <laughs> completely lying his ass off, not blinking a single eye, man. The movie is start to finish a ride. Uh, it's also based on, uh, loosely, loosely based on the old Raymond Chandler novels. Really? Which are the original kind of L.A. noir, like detective novels you know so they brought a lot of his old stories kind of put a new spin on him with harry you know becoming the private eye with val kilmer <laughs> who plays gay perry and man it is I, I was sold with the first scene of that movie when he gets his acting job <laughs> like man once again this is a movie I, I i could talk for hours about this film but please everybody go pick this movie up and see it you will not be disappointed it's called kiss kiss bang bang uh, it's on Amazon, iTunes, all kinds of stuff. You can find it anywhere. So please, please, please check this movie out. It needs more recognition. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Before we move on, your quick spiel on Tim Burton. Okay, I I'll make this super fast. I do not like Tim Burton. <laughs> I do not like him at all. Uh, I respect his Batman films. I liked. I like his Batman films. Mm -hmm. And I'll give him Big Fish because... Big Fish makes me ball up and cry like any sane person would. Like, I don't know. I, I hate the fact that I like Big Fish so much, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. But that's a movie that I can't turn on without, like, ending up a ball of mess. Like, well, you know, I guess, honesty moment, you know, my dad passed away a couple of years ago. And yeah. so I turned that movie on. And I'm just like, oh, God, why? <laughs> so I'll give him that. But as far as his, I, I think it's more so his stop motion stuff. I just... I just don't like it. Like, I, I tried Nightmare Before Christmas. Even when I was a kid, I couldn't finish that movie. Really? Even when I was, like, when it first came out and stuff, I couldn't make it through that movie. Huh. I tried, uh, he did, what else did he do? Corpse Bride. I tried to get through that. I couldn't do it. Mm. Like, I just, there's something about stop motion and his direction that's just, 
it's not so much i can do creepy i can do you know that kind of stuff skeletons you know all that i just man there's something about him that just hits me the wrong way huh i don't know if it's his writing or the way he presents his messages but that's my quick spiel i am the one who does not like the nightmare before christmas so internet have a field day with that <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail for that. And direct your hate mail to will.sin at gmail.com. You know, one of these days I might actually just bother to make that an email address <laughs> just to see what we get out of it. Absolutely. All, All right. right. Uh, moving on to games. 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 <laughs> you give me a microphone. I'm going to perform well. I know. Going to perform. <laughs> Anyways, so my number five is. Partly a series, but one specific game in the series, and that's the Dragon Age series, Fair. specifically Dragon Age Inquisition. I played through Dragon Age Origins, I'd have to say probably about seven times. Dragon Age 2, really only three times. But Inquisition, there are just so many choices that I actually haven't finished it yet because I want to go back and see how this choice would affect that or that choice would affect this. And I love it to death, and it's really fun, uh, really in-depth character creation, and I really do feel like the Inquisitor. Yeah. The, the the writing in that game is actually really good considering the scale of the game. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And you've made it through the campaign once? Um, not for Inquisition. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the, Dragon Age, the Dragon Age lore in general, I really enjoy. It's so good. Yeah, absolutely. I can get behind that. Um... <laughs> So my my number five, and uh, this is this is uh, this is based half on nostalgia, half on appreciation for <laughs> it. Uh, the Matrix Online is my number five favorite game of all time. The Matrix Online. Um, let me see if I remember this right. That was the one where you were playing as two different operatives in the Matrix, right? No, no. This was the Matrix Online was the MMO. Oh, yeah. Oh, I never played this. Okay, so this was my first MMO ever. Wow. Number one, when I was a kid, I loved the Matrix movies. I loved all three of the Matrix movies. I still love all three of the Matrix movies. Okay, that's my uh, that's that's my shame. But yeah, um. This game came out, and not only was it the first MMO I ever played, it's the first time I ever got involved with an, a role-playing community. And our role-playing community was so tight, niche, like, just so into itself that when the servers were shutting down, there were only 200 of us left playing this game. Wow. It got to the point where the devs actually started implementing stuff into the game for us, for wow. our role-play stories, like specific tags. Like, the uh, they would... Uh, we, we played characters called the Cypherites, and we believed in Cypher, and people should be plugged back into the Matrix. And that was we had this extensive lore played out. And so they started adding tags for Cypherites wow. for people. It was, and we got to know the devs, and it was so fun. I mean, wow. I'll, I, I can honestly tell you I'll never be part of a gaming community like that again. Huh. And not the night the server shut down, they opened up Club Hell, which is the place where the, uh, the Merovingian is, you know, the French guy. Yeah. And uh, we just partied. Until until the until they shut the servers off, man. Huh. It was I was like I was pretending to be like twenty years old, but I was like fourteen. <laughs> like just because I was like nobody'll like me if they know how young I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the this nostalgia factor completely. But that's that's my number five. All right, that's actually fair, huh? I never knew about that game. Yeah, yeah. So it got sold out to SOE, and then they shut the servers down. So ah. yeah. All right. Well, moving on to number four. Um, my number four, again, is a series because I had a tough time narrowing it down for these. 
um, is actually the Kingdom Hearts games, specifically one and two, and even more specifically two. Okay. Um, I love the Kingdom Hearts games because one of the most important things to me in life is friendship. Yeah, right? absolutely. Fam- family's important, yeah, but I don't think I'd still be here if it weren't for the friends that I have. Um, but it's a game about finding your friends and keeping your friends mm-hmm. and going to any length for them. And then at the same time, kind of growing up and going on adventures, stuff like that. I always read probably too deep into it for my own good, but I just love the games and I can't wait for the third one to come out. Absolutely. I'm super excited. Uh, an- another series that I've, I have not played. Really? I, I have the HD remix. Um, I've, I've made it about halfway through one and I got to say, I... Being not the biggest Disney fan in the world, uh, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, I like this story thus far. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to completing those. My my goal is to, of course, get through them, which I hope I will by time uh by time the new Kingdom Hearts three comes out. So yep. Um. All right. So for my number four, I have Sunless Sea. Sunless Sea. This one sounds familiar. This was a, a game released recently on Steam. Not recently. Maybe I don't know. It's either. Late last year, early this year, I believe. Um, yeah, and it's it's based on this role play forum. I think it's called Lost London, yep, or Sunken London, or something like that. Where uh, essentially this game, you're you're on a ship and you're you're tasked with doing different jobs, going to various ports, yep, and talking to various people. The farther you get out in the sea, the more you uncover, but the more monsters you'll find out in the sea, or the and more the cra- crazy people you'll find out in the sea. And the crazier your crew gets with the potential of eating each exactly. other. My brother played this game very drunkenly one night, yeah. and it was the most entertaining thing I think I've ever watched him play. It's so fun, especially if he was drunk, he probably didn't read much, and that's half the fun of the game! Oh no, he he read a lot of it, and that's some of it he didn't understand the first time he read it, and Absolutely. so he misconstrued it and freaked out about some stuff. <laughs> Well, it, it, that's one of the reasons I love the game, where, where the gameplay mechanics are super simple, but it's definitely, it's not an RPG, but it's definitely a role-playing game. Yeah. Um, or not your standard RPG, but it's definitely a role-playing game. Uh, and the, the lore in that game is so extensive oh, that you can huge. dig super deep into it and still not figure out everything. So, it's huge. Yeah, it really is. It, where the map's not huge, the story is insane. Yeah. Because they have like 10 plus years, I think, to work off of from yeah. where this forum came from, so... Uh, Sunless Sea, check it out. It's on Steam right now. I think it's only for like $14, so Something it's actually like pretty that. cheap. So yeah. definitely recommend picking it up. All right, moving on then. Number three, again, <laughs> I've gone from narrowing it down a lot to just going for a really broad title. <laughs> the Warriors games. That includes Hyrule Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, oh, Samurai man. Warriors, Orochi Warriors. Gundam Warriors. What was the Gundam one called? Um, Dynasty Warriors Gundam. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm a huge sucker for these games because growing up, my brother and I quarreled a lot. Mm -hmm. And there were two games that we could always have fun over. And that was the Dynasty Warriors games or Gauntlet Legends. But we'd always end up fighting over Gauntlet Legends over stupid shit like the keys and the potions. Mm -hmm. Beside the point, the Warriors games for me is just mindless, brutal fun. Absolutely. I can go through, clear out. I can control the like sway of a war, stuff like that. And it's always so much fun just to run through, get into a big group of enemies, and then just cause them all to explode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the games to death, all of them, every single one of them. Yeah, it's great. 
Absolutely. You know, I, I will I will give you that broad title because let's be honest, they're all kind of the same game. Pretty much. But <laughs> I, I can agree. It's it's really great mindless fun, mm-hmm. but you feel like you're doing something. You feel so important. Yeah. Absolutely. And so powerful. I remember playing like I think it was number three, and like I'd be playing, playing, and then I'd get a horse and I'm like, I am unstoppable. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how that went. Uh my uh my number three, ironically, is Halo three. Huh. Oh, yeah, I heard you talking about this yes. the other day. <laughs> when I, I had a couple of 12-year-olds threaten me with <laughs> with bodily harm if I didn't play them in a in Halo 4, I guess. But I, it was I got, I got a shakedown in my hallway by an 11-year-old kid, man. Like, that was, <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> that was kind of hilarious. Like, yeah, they were, uh, him and his, uh, his mom and all of them were dropping off the cat, which we, you heard about in the previous episode. And yeah, he, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to get you. I'm gonna get you. You're going down. Like he'd shake down in the hallway, man. I was like, oh my god, this kid's like for real, man. He's hard. <laughs> my money's still on you, though. Yeah. Um. Halo Three. Okay. So, first of all, uh, like I said, I, I used to be ranked pretty high in the leaderboards oh, online yeah. on Halo Three. I was really, really good at Halo Three. Uh, this game came out at the right time where uh, I didn't quite have my driver's license, but. I, I was so I was still kind of stuck on the ranch out in the middle of nowhere, but I did have my Xbox 360. Hey! And so I started playing. I started playing Halo 3 and playing Halo 3, and I beat the story on regular, and I beat the story on hard, and I beat the story on legendary. And then I would go. We would go to these land parties uh, down at my buddy Matt's house, where there would be like 30 of us in this basement, and we would land all of the Xboxes together. This basement had like five separate little tiny rooms. <laughs> and so each team would be in each room, and we would just play all freaking weekend. Oh my god! Like it was, it was the greatest time of my life. And that sounds so freaking nerdy, but I miss those days so much. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I Halo Three. I really bonded over some of my closest friends, like Twiz, who who I've name dropped a couple of times on the podcast. I I met him through these land parties, and now he's huh. one of my closest friends. Yeah, Twiz is cool. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Halo Halo Three, man. It and not to mention, I I really enjoy the Halo storyline, like the. The, the standard one, two, three, four storyline of Master Chief. I really liked it. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely my number three. Cool. Yes. All right. Going on to number two for me is Final Fantasy VII. Ooh, Big yes. Big shock and surprise, I'm sure. <laughs> um, we talked about this a little bit uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy VII for me is, like I said before, the first game that I put over 100 hours into. Mm-hmm. But it also taught me a lot. Um I always take teaching lessons from video games, clearly. Yeah. Um, but it showed me that, you know, friends could come from unexpected places and friends don't have to be the exact same as you. It also taught me to hold a grudge like no other because as soon as, oh, spoiler alert, um, as soon as Aerith died, uh, yeah, I had it out for Sephiroth basically the rest of the game. The whole time he's going down. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I eventually decided, eh, Aerith's not quite as cool as Tifa, so I'm going to go... I'm going to go be friends with Tifa now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a game that, you know, taught me a lot and taught me about, you know, putting everything on the line for knowing what you, for doing what you know is right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I love the game to death. HD remake. I'm so excited. Hell yeah. Yeah, me so too. So very, very excited. Uh, all right. Well, my number two, I'm sure is no shock to anybody else. It's the game that made me fell in fell in love i can words will it's a game that made me fall in love with the horror genre and that of course is silent hill 2 
I was thinking, was either going to be Silent Hill or one of the first Resident Evils? Silent Hill too, man. I that game fucked me up as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it explains so much. Yeah, um, there's there's just some, that game I can go back and play, and I think the 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 image that I have in my head constantly is it's in one of the first areas where you're trying to clear out or get through the apartment complex mm-hmm. to to continue the story. And you go to this room, and there's, like, an off TV, and there's a chair, like, looking at the TV, and there's nothing in the room. And you're like, all right, whatever. So you go back upstairs, can't find anything, go back down, and you notice that there's, like, a blood trail kind of, like, into the room. And you go into the room, there's blood all over the room, the TV's on, and it's static. And, like, the chair's all messed up. And, like, and so at first you go, as, as a kid, this is, like, the first, like, real horror thing. And I go in there, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> You walk outside, and right next to you, behind these bars where she can't get you, is this girl just standing there looking at you. It looks like the grudge girl. Uh, yeah, and it's just like, um, that, that's been forever burned into the back of my head. Like, I will never forget that. Noted. The, the story, fantastic. The gameplay, totally shit, but so <laughs> much fun. Uh, the HD remixes, or the remasters, uh, awesome awesome I've, I've played those a couple of times now so if you haven't played it definitely get the hd remasters for ps3 they're scary they are they're even worse um and i don't know man that game just that that game probably screwed me up enough just enough just enough to where i absolutely love the horror genre and uh yeah silent hill 2 man I, and i think that's that's just the i think that's the staple greatest horror game ever made I, I really believe that. i think Th- that's thus far so explains why you are so angry about the cancellation of okay i won't bring that up (laughs) we can talk about that later (laughs) all right and then finally going into our number one games number one number one 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 (laughs) (laughs) it's really fun to watch your face when you make those noises i really wish i had a soundboard (laughs) dude one one sunday 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 (laughs) game over man game over (laughs) (laughs) oh god all right (laughs) so my number one video game all right is bastion okay you know i i love bastion um bastion to me was one of the reasons why uh i recently told you this but i don't think i've told the audience this yet i actually got into writing because of this game and i don't write as often as i should and i need to just force myself to do it but bastion is a game where there is no like exchange of words or anything it's entirely told to you from the perspective of the narrator who's just this old man who is just retelling the story of this young guy who's going Mm -hmm. out into a completely annihilated world. Mm -hmm. And he's so young, but he's forced with this great duty of rebuilding and saving everything. And um, it's just great. It's a beautiful game. Um, The soundtrack to it, I actually bought it. I could replay the game over and over again, but uh, my best memory of it is actually when I beat the game um, without giving any spoilers because this is a game that I believe everybody needs to play. Um, When I was given the final choice in the game, I sat there for like five minutes without moving, just like, I I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what would be the right choice. What would give this kid happiness or like at least make this kid's life better um 
and it's just the soundtrack is just the right amount of haunting and beautiful and just the game is just short enough and replayable enough that I don't think I'll ever get bored with it. And the gameplay is surprisingly smooth. Oh yeah, surprisingly it's smooth. So much fun. Yeah. All right, man. I can I can absolutely get behind that one. Uh, my my number one game uh, is I, I I'm pulling a will here. Uh, it's a bulk. It's a bulk order. Uh, Pokemon. Fair. Pokemon. Fair. 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 My fair. first video game I ever played was Pokemon Red version on my Game Boy Color. Nice. I still own that same copy today. And not <laughs> to mention, I have made an effort to collect every single handheld Pokemon game, and now I own them. I own. All the original red, blue, yellow. Wow. I own the Japanese red, green, and blue. I own all the advanced. I I love I love the Pokemon games. Like I can if long car rides, plane rides, anything. I always bring my DS and or my Game Boy Color. Anything. I always have a copy of Pokemon on me, especially when I'm traveling, because that's a game I can always. Even if I'm in the middle of a game and I haven't played it in a while, I can pick it up, restart, and I'll have just as much fun. I love those games to death. Not only are they part of my childhood, but they're part of my adulthood. I still play them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that is that is a totally fair call in my opinion. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think those games are... I really hope they're not going anywhere. Hey, Luke, I, I what's your them. favorite Pokemon? Uh, <laughs> Dragonite. Dragonite? Dragonite. Dragonite is nubs. He's got little <laughs> nubbly arms. Little you nubbly arms. Nub nub. <laughs> um i'd have trey to... uh our, our buddy trey uh we we did this uh this with twiz trey uh and a couple of our other buddies like i think it was two years ago i think it was before you were around hanging out with us yep um we did a pokemon tournament essentially so what we did was we were each given level a six level one pokemon that we bred specifically for us and the goal was we had two weeks to train them and you know, get their EVs, IVs, etc. I mean, we went hardcore with this. And at the end of the two weeks, we all came together and, you know, we linked up with Pokemon Coliseum on the on the, uh, on the the Wii and we just had a battle to see who won. Wow. And so, who won? Uh, I think it was Justin. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had some, he had a Lapras that just would not go down. That thing was a dick and a half. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I had... A Dragonite that I loved. I, I, I named him Nubs. He was adorable. And so Trey, uh, Trey started this like huge lore about Luke and his Dragonite. And like, <laughs> so there's this extensive lore behind my <laughs> Dragonite and how we fell in love. I don't know. It was, it was really creepy, but it was really funny. So, but it's adorable. It, it was, it was hilarious. I should, I should tell that. I'll tell that whole story sometime. Sometime we'll, we'll have, have a story one. time podcast. Absolutely. Uh, so that was. Yeah, Pokemon, man. That, those, those games are fantastic. Fair yeah. enough. Do you have any honorable mentions that you might have thought of while we were going through this? Um, Honorable mentions, honorable mentions. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I, uh, honorable bitches for me are the Resident Evil games. Fair uh, enough. You know, kind of along the same lines as, uh, as Silent Hill, where I don't think they're quite as scary, but uh, they, they definitely are the exact same genre. Yeah. You know, Capcom and everything. And so I, I've played through all those multiple times. I've played through the remasters. You know, once again, they're just staple in the horror series. Yeah. And I just appreciate them so much being such a big horror fan. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm going to have to have one, one of my honorable mentions be um, actually the Gauntlet Legend and Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love both those. 
I've played them as a kid with my brother. I played them as an adult with some of my friends. I want to bring my Dreamcast up here so that I can play it with you. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Great games. Really fun. Really simple. Um, yeah, they're just they're good games. Right on. Well, everybody, that's our uh, that's our top five list. So hopefully you guys kind of learned a little bit about me and Will and uh, where we're coming from in our gaming experience. Yay. Yay. Party time all the time with Will and Luke. I hope somebody, somebody dubstep that. Yeah, that's about to say. <laughs> okay, uh, so I think we're going to switch gears here then and move on to a little bit of news that we dug up uh, here earlier this week. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to start off with, with a little bit of movie news since that's usually we usually do movies games. So yeah. Uh, the first one is I don't know if you saw this photo, but Michael Fassbender has been uh, cast in the Assassin's Creed mo- movie as the assassin. I have not heard about this. This was actually the first I saw about this when you showed me this. Really? Okay, so uh, Ubisoft has apparently been licensing out quite a bit of their successful uh, successful IPs, which is a good idea because a lot of them, I think, especially the Assassin's Creed universe, will fit well into a movie. Oh, very much so. Because Assassin's Creed can take place anywhere in history Pretty and much. still be canon. Yep. And so I think that's a, that's a, a perfect like deus ex machina way to you know bring that. And that's a video game thing that... Uh, that can work. Yeah. They've they've been struggling so much with video game movies. I mean, Hitman Agent 47 just came out, and it flopped. It did? It flopped. Wow. It's got like an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, what, what do you think about an Assassin's Creed movie? I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Assassin's Creed games, but I, I would totally get behind a movie. A movie would be really good. It's, it's very interesting and, again, extensive lore with even more lore behind the base of it, mm-hmm. you know? A secret organization of assassins fighting the secret organization of the Knights Templar. Um, and it's a pretty solid base, and it'd be very interesting to have them make a series of movies, go through the ages, um, show different assassins and their struggles to stop the Templars. Yeah, absolutely. And the best part is they never have to remake one of the games into the movie. Yeah. Because they can go pretty much anywhere in history and follow these uh I, uh, I th- this article that I looked up was uh, on IGN, and it showed a picture of uh, Michael Fassbender. Those of you who don't know, probably recognize him most recently from um, uh, he's he's Steve Jobs in the new Steve Jobs movie, and he's ah. he's also uh, Magneto in the X Men First Class movies. Right. So I, I I saw him. They they have a picture of him in his costume and you know ready to go, and he he looks the part, man. Yeah, he looks I am, good. I am, he does. I'm very much behind it, and uh, so. I think that this will be cool. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, and so I also dug up, there's another list of movies that Ubisoft has uh, kind of has given their IP up for uh, for possible movies. Such as? Uh, Watch Dogs. Ooh, the first one. that'd be very good. Absolutely. Uh, that, Watch Dogs was almost a movie in itself. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a very good way of putting it. Uh, Far Cry. That would be very interesting. Maybe not as a movie, but as like a TV show, like a Netflix yeah. show. Oh, yeah. That would be really good. Oh, and see, I, I honestly can't see Far Cry just because the last two games have been so cinematic and in-depth themselves that I I, maybe know, not, I maybe, think that they could do it, but it I don't know. They'd have to get the right writers um, and the I've, right cinematographers. They'd have to blow the cinematography out of the water in that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say that maybe not make it from the games that they already have, but the concept of Far Cry, at least for the last two, I think would make a great movie and or TV show. Just mm-hmm. 
somebody who's used to normal life, a suburbanite or somebody from a city or something like that is thrust into a situation where they either have to fight or die. Yeah, absolutely. And they learn how to fight and learn how to carve up animals. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can agree. I think it can't. It can be pulled off, but it's going to be one of those video game movies where they just can't half-ass it. They can't do it. I, my vote's seriously, though, for like a Netflix original series. A Netflix I series think would be great. That would be great. Absolutely. Uh, did you ever get the secret ending in Far Cry 4? The did one you, where you just you, you sit. just hang out and yep. wait in the house? And... Because I liked Pagan Min. He <laughs> yeah. was a very good character. I thought that was such a clever Easter egg. I absolutely <laughs> adored that. Yeah. <laughs> good time, um, good time. And uh, the third one that we have is for uh, Splinter Cell. Ooh. Yeah, Splinter Cell. That would be very interesting because Splinter Cell is a very unique game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can definitely see it as a movie, but again, with just like the right writers and the right cinematography, I think is really what's going to be necessary. Um, All I have to say, though, is that it's going to be a very dark movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and and oh god, all right. Let's give it a second and let it warm up, and we can go back. I can edit this parts. So <laughs> that's do, 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 do. Come on, come on back. There you are. Hey, buddy. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> um. Okay, so Splinter Cell. We're talking Splinter Cell. Uh, minor technical difficulties there. I apologize, everybody. Um. The thing I, I, I think about Splinter Cell is that we already have that. We have the Bourne movies. I feel like they'd be a bit different, though. Bourne movies are Splinter Cell if they decided that what they were doing was wrong and decided to run. Splinter Cell would be if they just embraced that they were a government tool and just did their job. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I and See, I never really played any of the newer Splinter Cell games. I played like one, two, and three, I think. And, you can be mean. Yeah. <laughs> and those games are difficult, man. Those oh, games, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were tough. Um, My favorite one was, I think, in the most recent one where uh, one of the stealth kills was literally you're just hanging up from the rafters, and then you just drop behind somebody and just pop, in the, pop them in the back of the skull with a silenced pistol. Just yeah. Pfft. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yep, very simple. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all we got there on, uh, on the movies. The, the second one that I wanted to just cover really quick is that I, I saw this on Kotaku and, and IGN and I mean all over the place they're advertising this. I guess the, the Captain America Civil War teams quote unquote were, were kind of released today. And I mean, it's a lot of, I think what me and you previously talked about kind of what we've expected. So on, uh, on the one side on Iron Man, we have the Patriot, Iron Man, Black Widow, Black Panther and Vision. Which I find it very interesting that Vision's going uh, with Iron Man. I wonder if that's a you created me type thing or yeah. if it's something else. Kind of a father-son dynamic kind of thing because... Mm-hmm. In I a mean, weird way. See, I... I, I well, uh, let, me, let me go through Cap's team really quick. We got Hawkeye, Captain, Falcon, uh, the Winter Soldier, Ant-Man, and Peggy Carter, who I, I guess is uh, Agent Carter's granddaughter. Which I didn't know, and he looks great for having a granddaughter that's old enough to fight in the <laughs> superhero civil you mean war. She, jeez, get it right, Agent Carter, man. Oh, sorry. I know, I know, I know. It was a slip of the tongue. Just saying, the internet doesn't doesn't hate on you. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh wait, actually, I take that back. Now that I remember, we have actually seen Agent Carter besides in the 
Yeah, yeah, we we saw her in I think the original Captain America, and then she was in she was in Civil War too. But she was um, like, or not Soldier. Civil War, Winter Soldier too. She yeah. was just super super duper old. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know anything about her. I mean, we obviously have seen all of these other characters in in, in the the movies. But uh, what I was going to bring up about Vision is the thing that strikes me about Vision is especially at the end of like Ultron, he just seems like so powerful. I mean, for God's sakes, he has a, he has an Infinity Stone in his forehead. Yeah. Like it, I don't know. It he seems like such a like awkward trump card but he also seems so neutral and especially at the end end of ultron where he's just like i just want to keep the peace man like you can't exist and then just blows him out of the water i feel like um vision's going to be taking iron man's side more for the necessity of ending the conflict quickly Mm -hmm. more than him agreeing with the ideals of it yeah absolutely okay that's fair i can get behind that yeah um the one interesting the interesting conflict i'm really looking forward to seeing is uh Mm -hmm. Hawkeye and Black Widow going yeah, at it. Splitting That's up. going to be. Yeah, it's going to be. We saw how that worked out in Avengers. Yeah. The first one. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that wasn't very good. But I guess now that Hawkeye has a family and kids that we didn't know about, that kind of obstructs the relationship that I thought they had, especially in the, the Avengers movie. I had no idea. That, yeah. was, that was quite a good curveball in Ultron. Um, that was. I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Cap and Ant-Man together. That's <laughs> I, going I'm to be really, very funny. I love I love Paul Rudd as as Scott Lang. Yeah, and he's so great. I think I think that's going to be really interesting. And I really hope that Ant Man and Iron Man have a little bit of banter too, because I want to see Paul Rudd and Robert Downey Jr. on the screen together <laughs> so bad. That's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. it's going to be funny. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So you know, let us know what do you guys think uh, in the comments below this. Uh, if you if you guys would change anything or. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Vision in general? I, I, I would like to know people's opinions on this, so uh, leave leave some comments because he just seems like a, a, a crazy trump card. So uh, let yeah. us know if you if you guys have any more extensive information as far as the comics lore goes with him. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be really like to hear it. Uh, Two names I just realized that aren't on that list, actually, are Thor and Scarlet Witch. That's true. I did not see them on the article. Uh, I can try to pull it up one more time real quick. I mean, from the pictures that we saw, we didn't see them. So, uh, yeah, Thor, I think, is going to be off getting ready for uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok, yeah. Um, Scarlet Witch, though, something tells me that the next time we're going to see her is actually going to be in Doctor, uh, yeah, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah, I could see that. Um, mainly because of little knowledge that I know about the Marvel universe that is going to. Involve yeah. her and Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange's villain. Well, it doesn't look like Thor is is mentioned in this, but I guess at the same time we do have to consider the fact that this, this isn't an Avengers movie per se. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a cat movie. Even though there's going to be quite a few cameos of Avengers, like yeah. uh, you know, I see I see like uh, Ant Man and I see Falcon. So I I would be surprised if we didn't see Scarlet Witch in there somewhere. You know, maybe I don't so, know. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's a little bit on that. Um, yeah, so uh, let's uh, we're we're gonna switch gears one more time before the end of the show. Uh, Will and I kind of were digging around the internet wormhole, and we found some rumors. Keep in mind these are these are only rumors. This is Nothing all speculation based on some really weird schematics, I guess, that were dug up somewhere about Nintendo's next console. Yeah, the patents that they got for their next console. I can't remember what you know the like parentheses name for it's it like the is nx or something like something that something like Some, that yeah um but the apparently with all the like several i think it's over 100 patents on it something that was not included in it was a disk drive yeah 
So that's very interesting, and some people have begun to speculate, and again, this is where I have to say again, rumors. Um, Rumor warning, rumor warning. (laughs) That um, they might be bringing back cartridges. Yeah, or at least like some sort of like SD-based. Something like that. Because if you think about it, like all their handhelds have been that way. Yeah. I mean, and you know, all their previous consoles before the GameCube, well, I guess the game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it doesn't include an optical disk drive, this means one of two things. Number one, they're going to do an SD-based gaming system, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, they already deliver that content to the DS and DSXL and 3DS, et cetera, et cetera, through SD-type devices. Um, Or or it's uh, just going to be completely uh, digital-only, download-only service. Which might be a thing, but I don't really see it happening um, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I can't really see Nintendo going straight, uh, straight digital. No, number one, the the Nintendo eShops in general are kind of wonky as it is. Yeah, they're um, not the best designed. Well, and not to mention they're they're across, they're not cross platform. You right. know, each each system have has its own. So I feel like if they did a deliverable like digital only, they would have to condense the eShop into one. One, right, that, that makes one sense. network, and also, uh, but then again, the the cartridge based thing is a good idea because that might make, you know, that might bring up some cross platform compatibility between like 3ds and which would be great. Which for, would be great, yeah. <laughs> Monster Hunter for, uh, on a console again. Monster Hunter. That'd be uh, fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was that was interesting. All right, um, and I guess also it looks like that the the, the controller is going to have. Some sort of display screen. Yeah, very, from what we heard, very uh, Wii U-esque main controller. Which is fine. The Wii U controller actually played a lot better than I expected it to when I got my Wii. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, uh, and, you know, I I liked being able to take the screen with me. I mean, I use that as my main main media box just for a while, just Netflix, Hulu, gaming, etc. Because I could just kind of take that screen wherever I was in the house if I was making dinner or something. Neat. So... Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Nintendo, we haven't really talked much about Nintendo on this. I mean, we've talked about the 3DS a bit, but the Wii U was a big, big flop for them. Was it? It kind of seemed like it was, it wasn't quite a flop, but it was definitely far from the success that they wanted to have. That's true. And I guess the Wii wasn't exactly very successful when it first came out either. Yeah, it was. What happened was is that, you know, they released the Wii U first in the new console generation. And for a while there, it was pretty popular, but they didn't just didn't have any new. There weren't any titles. Yeah, there weren't yeah. any. There's nothing new to it. It was another Mario game and stuff yeah. like that. It's only... And it, it also sounds like it was really impossible to code for, too. Yeah. Uh, I know Ubisoft backed out of developing for the Wii U because of the issues that they had trying to move. I think it was either three or Black Flag. I think it was Black Flag to the Wii U porting it over. Yeah, so that would have been really weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess you're right. It was it wasn't a flop. I think that's a, that's a bad way to describe it, but it definitely didn't meet Nintendo's expectations. Number one, no, it and did I don't not. think it met our expectations either. Uh, I was I was really hoping for more Nintendo titles when it first came out and it took yeah. it took a good it took two a years while, before yeah. they actually started releasing like mario kart and donkey kong and smash bros took forever i mean i feel that I, I i always said that if smash bros was a launch title for that that would have sold a lot more units oh yeah it so would have been more. crazy yeah and you know i mean i guess i guess now they have that weird amiibo craze that's going for it but oh, you can use that God. on the new 3ds now yeah so, that's true yeah um i don't know i don't really know what else to say 
I, I it'll be interesting. It'll definitely, definitely be interesting. And I can honestly say I don't want Nintendo to go anywhere because no. I love Nintendo. Nintendo, I mean, they're their own thing, but you know, it's like you said the other day. The thing about Nintendo is that um, we have to usually wait a couple of years between like their big groups of releases, right? Which is like really the only downfall about Nintendo because all the games they make, they may not always be original, but they're always fun. Absolutely. And you know, I, I also get behind the f- think the the mindset that you know, I mean, if if the console doesn't work out for Nintendo, they have the absolute monopoly and niche market on handheld. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. they did the the Nintendo the new Nintendo 3DS is the best handheld system I've ever played. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so good. The graphics look amazing on it. The 3D oh, is yeah. so much better on your eyes. I mean, that console alone is just fantastic. It's great. It's so, really you know, really solid. I hope I hope that uh, whatever they do, they they I just really hope that they keep pushing their handheld content, which I know they will. But you know, just 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 as kind of a knock on wood, you know, hoping hoping for the best in the future. You know, definitely keep pushing that because they. They make great handheld games. They do. They're yeah, fantastic. Amazing. They're they're really great. That was a weird voice crack. <laughs> they're really great. <laughs> they're great. They're great. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, to wrap up the show, uh, Will and I were checking out a little bit of info on PAX Prime, which I guess is coming up this weekend. Yeah. Super surprised. I want to go. I want to go desperately. Yeah. I can't afford to go right now. I really wish I could. Me I want to be there. You know, hopefully once I'm actually living in Seattle, it'll give me an excuse to go there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, internet. The internet is loading, yeah. All right, there we go. Okay, so it looks like there's this big, 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 big schedule lined up. Uh, we got a lot of big, uh, big names coming in uh, from, God, all over the industry. Uh you know the 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 oh hey look MC Frontalot's going to be there. Wow. He's amazing. Um, I, I'm sorry everybody. My, my plan was to bring up the website and kind of talk about it a little bit, but uh, apparently the internet in the, in the studio that we're working with right now is is uh, lackluster. So it's spotty. Um, spotty like a Dalmatian. <laughs> I am. I am. However, you know, I guess I'll just wrap it up by saying I am really looking forward to Pax Prime. Because oh, yeah. PAX, the PAX uh, conventions are always where the most interesting games for me as an indie game lover come from. Yeah, that's like, true. I always love like you know watching watching all the coverage on YouTube, you know, and all all the different you know uh, the, 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 the content creators out there who are talking about PAX and stuff. And there's always some really great indie games that come out and some really great concepts. Some of them, however, you know, never see the light of day. But it's really yeah. cool to see what the indie community is working on. And yeah. I love how that's what it's pushed. It, it doesn't push the AAA titles like, yeah. nearly at all. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yep. So uh, yeah, definitely check out. Uh, I know there's probably going to be a lot of YouTube coverage, a lot of PAX coverage on the PAX side itself. So uh, yeah, don't forget everybody to check that out this weekend. Um, Going to be awesome, man. Yep. Going to be awesome. It's going to be good. So... All right, Will. Well, uh, we've we've wasted everybody's time for about an hour. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope "wasted" isn't the term that people use. I, I don't think so either. <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, do you, you guys, got any? Do you got any parting words for us today, Will? Um, never keep, look a gift horse in the mouth. I was gonna say, uh, keep out of the deserts and die with your mask on if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Props to anybody that knows what album that's from. <laughs> that's amazing. 
All right, everybody. Well, that's us wrapping it up for this episode of the Not So Wise Guys podcast. And as always, I have been Luke Kenny. And I'm William Sun. And we will see you next week on the Not So Wise Guys podcast. Bye.